Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the First Energy Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Boy, we've got a jam-packed show coming up. There's a world champion. In the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks will hear from their radio play-by-play man, Ted Davis. And Jim Jones, the draft is now five days away. And the Cavaliers still sitting at that number three spot. We're going to hear from Ryan Blake, the senior draft expert in the NBA. So we're going to have some interesting conversations here in the next hour. Yeah, I knew Ryan's father. Of course, I'm really telling my age, but Marty Blake, was uh, the prototype for all the scouting systems that are in our league that inevitably led to analytics. But the eye candy and his ability to choose players, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. So Ted Davis, the radio voice of the Bucks, Ryan Blake, senior scouting expert for the NBA, will join us. So stay with us, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Driving, lifting, fading, shooting, gone off the back foot. Six point bucks lead. Big shot by Middleton. Giannis has to go. Two seconds. Jump hook, gone. Giannis to 49 points. Hooker who takes a three. No good. Tucker with the rebound. The Suns are not going to foul. It's been a 50 year journey. Wisconsin, we've got a room at the top of the world tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. Let the celebration begin. Oh, what a great call. Ted Davis, the radio play by play voice of the world champion. Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, He'll like hearing that for the uh, next 11 or 12 months as uh, he now joins us 
on Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Ted, uh, as I said before we got started here, uh, we know you're swamped. What a whirlwind uh, the last few days must have been. So we appreciate you taking the time. And boy, when you hear those highlights, uh, has it still sunk in or has it sunk in yet that yes, the Milwaukee Bucks are the world champions after that 50-year wait? Yeah, I think it's sunk in now. You know, they had the parade yesterday, and that's that's when you know it's official. And uh, uh, it, it's just been a whirlwind, as, as you said. And, uh, you know, if we can do this once every 50 years, that'll be great. But now that you win one, you get greedy, and you, you want to try to win it again next year, too. Well, you didn't take the easy road, or the Bucks didn't take the easy road, that's for sure. Uh, boy, what a playoff sequence it was in the Eastern Conference and then the finals. At what point do you think – it turned. At what point do you believe, especially in the finals when you were down 0-2, that the series turned? I think there are two things in the playoffs. One, the Bucks winning game five in Phoenix, and that put them up 3-2. And the Bucks have had trouble winning in Phoenix uh, over the years. So they, they got a victory there. They had a big play at the end with Holiday getting the strip when uh, they had a one-point lead and Booker was hunting for a shot. It led to that run out by Giannis and that alley-oop and the dunk. So that gave them the chance to wrap it up, and they got it done at home. And also go back to the Atlanta series when Giannis got hurt and everybody thought he had blown out his knee, that his ACL was gone and maybe anything else that was in there. Uh, the, the replay was grim and gruesome. that They had to win the last two games of the Atlanta series without him. And yet it turned out he just had a hyperextended knee about a week later who was playing and dropped 50 in the clinching game. So it, it was that close to being a disaster. And Giannis, whose body must be made of elastic, ends up scoring 50 and nailing it down for the Bucks in Game 6. Ted, I want to ask you two questions. The first one is, uh, what books are you reading these days? <laughs> because, I, you know, you gave me a couple <laughs> books. Are you? I know you're an avid reader. During this playoff run, and I'm, I'm doing two jobs. I'm doing a talk show during the day and then oh, games at night. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't had much time to read, but I'll get back to it in the summer. <laughs> yeah, and jogging, too. Uh, the other thing is the criticism of Bud. Uh, talk a little bit about that and what you saw, because you're there with them all the time, at, at least when they come home, and uh, and his demeanor. What kind of guy is he? Uh, Bud's a lot like Popovich. You know, he, he came he off is, that okay. Popovich tree. He's kind of a no-nonsense guy. When you deal with him as a media person, he wants to uh, get it done and get out. And uh, So he's he's not warm and fuzzy, but he's cooperative. You know, going into this playoff run, there was a lot of pressure on Bud. Actually, there was pressure going into the season based upon sure. the disappointment the Bucks had in the playoffs the last two years as the uh, top seed in the Eastern Conference and not getting uh, to where they wanted to go, which was the NBA Finals. And uh, there was pressure going into the playoffs. There was some criticism in the past couple of years that I think was, was warranted. Uh, Bud had a tendency to stick to his system that he believed in and uh, didn't make a lot of adjustments as they went on. Uh, he played a lot of his roster. He would go 9 or 10 deep in the playoffs, which most people think you can't do. But over the course of this season, he made a lot of adjustments. They changed their defense. They went to a more switching kind of defense. Okay. Uh, Holiday, Giannis, P.J. Tucker when they got him, Middleton, they could all switch, uh, and uh, that, that helped the defense. Uh, they had to do it on the fly during the regular season without a lot of practice time. So there, there were some hiccups along the way, and I think it cost them, them some games in the regular season, and they finished as the third seed. But what they wanted to be is a better team at playoff time. Uh, being the number one seed the last two years didn't matter. So they were the third seed, and they were better at playoff time, and sure enough, it has paid off with a win. And you've also got a, 
you know, you got to get some breaks along the way. Any team that wins a championship gets some breaks, and certainly the Bucks did with Harden getting hurt, Irving getting hurt, Trey Young getting hurt, Giannis not getting hurt, and here they are champions. Again, we're talking with Ted Davis. He's the radio play-by-play voice of the world champion, Milwaukee Bucks, joining us here on Cavs HQ. And, Ted, uh, we'll talk about Giannis. We have to talk about Giannis. But I want to talk about the supporting cast as well. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Tucker, uh, the midseason acquisition, and just what they brought to the ball club to supplement what Giannis was doing on the floor, especially in the finals. Well, in today's NBA, you've got to have the superstar, and you guys know that. You had LeBron, and then you put pieces around him. You had Love and Irving. Uh, you've got to have three guys who can really get it done, and, and the Bucks do. And Middleton, who has developed into an all-star player. Drew Holiday was first-team all-defense. Uh, he, he's just a terrific basketball player. And then you've got to fill in uh, you know, the cracks with role players who know their, their role and can play it effectively every night. Pat Connaughton had a great right. playoff run. Yep. Bobby Portis. Uh, just had tremendous games coming off the bench. This is the first time he had been with a winning team in his NBA career. So he was experiencing something new. Bryn Forbes during the regular season hit a lot of threes. And I think the acquisition of P.J. Tucker was such an under-the-radar thing because it gave the Bucks some toughness, some nastiness, if you will. And, uh, you know, he, he, he refers to uh, himself as a dog. He says, we got to be dogs. <laughs> P.J. Tucker's one of the only guys who could call you a dog, and it's like a compliment. Uh, he had games <laughs> where he scored zero points in the game, and yet he had a huge impact on the game. It just shows you that you don't have to score to be a part of a winning team. And I don't think the Bucks win this thing without P.J. Tucker and his ability to guard different players. He can guard Booker. He can guard Durant. He could guard Harden. He could guard Chris Paul, for goodness sakes. And uh, he was a big part of what the Bucks did, too. Ted, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, before we talk about Giannis's play on the floor, is what he means to the Milwaukee community as far as the support that he has given them and the love that he has shown them to say, I want to win a championship for Milwaukee and this market and this area. I think he's the most likable superstar in the NBA now and maybe in sports. Um, We have a lot of stars that seem to be angry and surly a lot and you can look around and see them uh, they're not warm and fuzzy if you hug them you, you feel like you're hugging a prickly pear cactus or something <laughs> Giannis is not like that Giannis has got that Will Ferrell elf-like quality that he's happy all the time he he doesn't mind talking to the press he in, engages the fans he's got a funny sense of humor like the day after the finals he went to a Chick-fil-a and ordered 50 Chicken nuggets, not forty nine, not fifty one. I want the fifty order. They just maybe they should just call it the Giannis. Uh, I mean, he's very good on social media, and you you know you add that to the fact that he's a great player, and he stayed in Milwaukee. I mean, let's face it, for years, and Cleveland was a little bit like this for a long time. Milwaukee and Cleveland are similar; they're cold weather cities, and they don't have the glitz and the glamour of New York or Chicago or L.A. or Miami. But Giannis decided to stay here. And with him here, Milwaukee is no longer NBA Siberia. They've got a great arena, great practice facility. They're winning. Uh, I think Giannis can do what LeBron did for you guys when he was there, which have veteran players who would be a, a key fit on a championship team, want to come there, would play for less to chase a ring. You guys had that in Cleveland, and I think Giannis is that kind of player for the Bucks. Great point. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, more with Ted Davis, the radio play-by-play voice of the world champion, Milwaukee Bucks. We're thrilled that he's been able to join us on this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We'll be right back. 
I can be stubborn sometimes. You know, like I can disconnect myself from the world because I want this so bad. Like I wanted this so bad, and I was able to get it. That's why I was, you know, uh, tearing up. But like people helped me to be in this position. Like I didn't do it by myself. Like every freaking day, people helped. Me. You know, and I want to thank my my dad, my mom, a significant other, Mariah, and my brothers and my son, and the people throughout the journey that helped me. Boy, what an awesome story it is. Giannis talking about the NBA Finals and being the Finals MVP and his journey to get to that moment. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones, and we're thrilled to have with us the radio play-by-play voice of the world champion Milwaukee Bucks, Ted Davis. Jim, I know you know Ted very well, so I'll let you uh, take charge here to start things off in segment two with Ted. Ted, you were alluding to it, the small market and how you were able to overcome being a small market team and I think the new way to do that is what your ownership and what our ownership did. You improved the practice facility. Uh, if you can't improve it, you build one. You improve your arena. You built one. We we had over $200 million renovation. Those are some of the things that can attract free agents and also uh, make things better for your fans to overcome just being a small market, which we define small market based on revenue. But you got Giannis through the draft, the importance of the draft. We got, we have the draft coming up. Talk a little bit about that because I know you were around and I know there were a lot of heads turning when they picked this 18-year-old kid from Greece. Well, um, you know, they, you got to get lucky in the draft, and they did with Giannis. I mean, he was the 15th pick in 2013. Kawhi Leonard, incidentally, went 15-2. So uh, those two guys come into that slot and be superstar players. Uh, you got to hit a home run. Uh, John Hammond, who drafted Giannis at the time, said, uh, you know, this is either going to be a home run or a complete strikeout. And what you can't judge when you draft a guy is the internal drive or motor that a player has. And Giannis's motor revs high all the time. He doesn't want to just be good. He wants to be great, uh, like Jordan, like Bird, like Magic, like Kobe. He's got that in him. And uh, LeBron had that, too. And so that lifts all boats. And then I, I like what the Bucks did it. They did it organically. They traded for Middleton. He was actually a throw-in on the Brandon Jennings deal coming from the Pistons. That's just amazing to think about that now. He's an all-star. Uh, they traded for Holiday. Uh, they, they sprinkled in their roster with guys that they thought would fit. And they didn't go out and buy a championship. I'm not really knocking that. If you've got the cap money and guys that want to come there, uh, like Brooklyn, that's okay. I mean, you can do it different ways. Miami did it. Uh, by by buying a couple of players when LeBron and uh, Chris Bosh were there. And so there are different ways to win. But uh, I do like the fact that we had uh, two markets that are not considered major markets in terms of media. That would be Phoenix and Milwaukee in this year's NBA Finals. And I I think it was fresh to have uh, some new blood in there. And it was an extraordinary NBA Finals. I mean, if you weren't glued to your television or in the Milwaukee market, glued to Ted Davis on the radio – I mean, it was absolutely extraordinary. It was riveting NBA basketball. Well, the Bucks did it the hard way, man. I, I mean, I said, you know, that we're, they're the Tina Turner team of the NBA. They don't do things, anything nice and easy. They do it nice <laughs> and rough, you know. So uh, they go out and they lose uh, the first two games to the Brooklyn Nets, and you think they're done. And then they come back and win four out of five, including a game seven on the road, which they had never done in franchise history. So then they open the Atlanta series, and they go down 0-1 by losing the, the home game, the first home game, and you're thinking, well, oh my gosh, I mean, how did that happen? Uh, then Giannis almost gets hurt, and he doesn't. 
They win game six to clinch it on the road in Atlanta. Then they go to the uh, finals and they lose the first two games to the Suns. And you think, well, five times in the history of the NBA finals has a team been down 0-2 and came back to win it. Only five times. Battling the odds again, they did. They won four in a row. And here they are sitting as champions. So, uh, you know, there are different ways to do it. You can do it the easy way or the hard way, but uh, the Bucks got it done. Ted, I want to ask you this question, and then Jim, please chime in after Ted finishes, but I'll start with Ted. Uh, NBA Finals performances. And, Ted, you just rattled off some extraordinary names in the history of the NBA, but Giannis's performance in the Finals, uh, and you've been around a long time, 24 years as the voice of the Bucks, and nine before that with Dallas, so you've seen a lot of Finals. Where do you rank Giannis as far as that Finals performance and then Jim, you certainly know the history of the NBA as well. Uh, follow up after Ted concludes. Well, let me put it this way: He had 13 games of 30 plus uh, in the playoffs in the uh, in the entire run, and there's been one other guy to do that. That was Shaq. So he's right there with Shaq in terms of production in the playoffs. Uh, in the finals, uh, he had uh, he was averaging about 34 points per game, 13 rebounds, about five assists. I mean, shooting 60 percent. It was just off the chart. And then to to cap it off with a 50-15-5-5 in the clinching game makes him just legendary, I think, in terms of finals performances. And, uh, you know, he, he gets it done a different way. He's not a jump shooter. He doesn't have that silky smooth shot that a Kevin Durant does, but he is a one-man a battering ram when he goes to the basket. And in the finals, in the game six, he hit his free throws. He was 17 of 19. He hit 17 of his first 18 free throws. And that's why the Bucks are standing as champions. He is a remarkable player. I think he's the most unique athlete I've seen in my time in the NBA. He can play all five positions offensively, and he can guard all five positions defensively. Uh, that makes him a unicorn. Jim, your thoughts on the on the finals performance of Giannis compared to the history of the league? Well, I was there game three. Uh, I was invited by Marquette University to sit in their suite. So I went up, and uh, it was right next to your Bucks suite. And so I was up there with the, the AD for Marquette and the chairman of the board and a lot of other people, and we're all drinking and feeling lightheaded, and everybody's nervous because it's game three, you know, and they're down 0-2. And by halftime, I said, you know what? Something changed. And I think it was when they saw that Giannis came back from that injury, it took them to another emotional, acute awareness and the Bucks started to play basketball. And uh, I was asked after that game, what do you think? I said, if they could play that and build on it, you know, I could see them uh, I could see them winning the next three games. And everybody said, oh, no. They I said, well, there's a thing called momentum and presence of mind, and this young guy can't be stopped. Uh, the only other player I've seen that was that, that couldn't be stopped were two guys, Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain. They could not be stopped. The way the game was officiated and the way the game is played today, Giannis cannot be stopped. And and Milwaukee did not hesitate to use that weapon. I give uh, Bud and his staff all the credit. You talked about it earlier, Ted. The uh, Bobby Portis, Tucker, and Holiday brought a toughness that they had been lacking. And uh, I take my hat off to Milwaukee. What a great series. Yeah, and the thing that I, I think is that we like here is that Giannis is going into the prime years. You know, I've always heard the, the best years of an athlete's career are between about the ages of 26 and 34. That's when 
you know, he's got his uh, his body is as strong as it needs to be. He knows how to play now. I mean, Giannis got a title in his eighth season. That's right in the line of where uh, Jordan, Shaq, and uh, LeBron got titles somewhere in that seven, eight, nine year range in the league. You got to learn how to play. You got to go through some ups and downs, and then you figure out how to get it done. And Giannis did at the age of 26. And uh, if he, I've, I've often asked, what's his ceiling? You know, and, and here he is going into his prime years. At, at age 27 next season, and he's this good, with him here, if he stays healthy, the Bucks will be able to contend for a title as long as he's here. And it doesn't guarantee you're going to win it. You might not get back to the finals. I mean, you never know. I mean, the Bucks took 50 years to get back to the NBA finals. But you've got a chance with him here, and that's got to be exciting for everybody in this market that went a long time without winning. Absolutely. Uh, Ted, we got about less than a minute left, but I do want to ask you, you mentioned the market, the community uh, the huge parade on Thursday, and of course uh, the unbelievable crowd outside the arena the night the Bucks won the championship. Just what does this mean to Milwaukee? Well, it puts us on the map. I mean, you had the national audience seeing what was going on outside, oh. and you even had uh, Adrian Wojnarowski on a pregame show talk about how Milwaukee is now a great NBA market. And uh, that, they, uh, that hadn't been said much in the past, and it is now. Uh, the fans are turning out. They've got beautiful facilities. They've got a winning team. They've got a superstar who was locked up for a number of years. And uh, it, it just proves that a small market team, if you draft wisely, if you trade wisely, if you hire the right people, you can win in the NBA. It doesn't always have to be a New York, L.A., big city kind of thing. And for a, you know, for a city like Cleveland and Milwaukee, that's great. It gives you hope. Absolutely. Ted, again, we know it's been a whirlwind, as you said. Uh, we appreciate you spending a few moments with us here on Cavs HQ. Congratulations to the entire Bucks organization, and uh, we're looking forward to next year already. Congrats, All right, thank Ted. you, guys. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Ted. Ted Davis, the radio play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, as he joins us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. A whole lot more to come, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Larry Nance Jr. from the Cavaliers was the recipient of the first-ever Bleacher Report Kicks Community Award. Larry was chosen for his work this past season to raise money and awareness for local businesses in the Cleveland area. Wearing a shirt featuring a different company's logo as he walked into each game all year and then selling his or a teammate's game-worn jersey from that night to raise money for the local business. A great idea from a great human being. Congratulations, Larry. Cavs in the Community, brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Forty-five seconds left. Cunningham, top of the key, drives it left, gets to the rim, runner from five, around the rim and in! Cowboys lead by one! Jalen Green crossing over! Oh, Jalen Green spikes it above the rim! Evan Mobley's got the steal, now Evan Mobley's trying to go coast to coast, Evan Mobley all the way! 94 feet and a big finish from the big fella! Gonzaga has time to do something! Suggs for the win! And we welcome you back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. And 
Boy, you heard those highlights of all the names that we've been hearing about for the past few weeks after the NBA draft lottery. Of course, the Cavaliers sitting in the number three spot. And boy, Thursday night, it's like Christmas Day for all the draft geeks and all the folks who love to put together the scouting reports and the mock drafts. And we have one of the very best in the business joining us now on Cavs HQ. We welcome in Ryan Blake, NBA draft consultant. It's been a family business for a long, long time. Ryan is the son of Marty Blake, an NBA draft guru for many, many years in his own right. But Ryan, great to have you with us. And as I said, uh, Thursday's like a kid waiting for Christmas, isn't it? Oh, this is the Super Bowl. This is what we've worked for, you know, and been a part of for the entire year, you know, through the scouting, evaluations, analytics, whatever it may be. You know, and you're going through and you're trying to find whether it's sleepers or whether or not this guy's going to be in the lottery. Uh, and then it all ends up, you know, when we're sitting behind the stage and those names are called and, you know, at Barclays. And it's always that it's just an exciting time. So it's all really personal Super Bowl. Well, let's delve into some of the names and some of the things that you're hearing and so forth. And, uh, boy, the top four names uh, that we've heard for the past few months, uh, Cunningham, the two Jalens, Green and Suggs, Mobley, uh, those seem to be the top four that everybody has somewhat zeroed in on. Uh, do you agree with that assessment? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't think um, you can go wrong with any of those players. I think with those four you could possibly have uh, franchise players, guys that are going to be in the league for a long time. I think all four of these players will be guys that will come in and make an impact early. You know, there's going to be a learning curve. Uh, I think all four players can play defense, and I think that's where you're going to earn your minutes on the hardwood. Um, these guys are going to be potential all-stars. I mean, you can't, you know, after four, that's when things will change. But I think our first four is, or the four that you just named. Ryan, I, first I want to give you, uh, your late father his kudos. Uh, I knew Marty Blake. He knew my college coach very well, Al McGuire. And uh, when he would oh, come absolutely. to Milwaukee. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate would, that. Yeah, when he would come to Milwaukee with that safari hat on. <laughs> <laughs> And that New York, um, that New York plaid jacket and khaki pants. See, I remember all of that. Uh, your father is the reason why we, the NBA scouting, is so fundamental to how they do and a big part of their success. His ability, his eye candy, to pick out Kobe and Jordan. Of course, those were obvious, but no one was talking about them. But when he found Pippen, Rodman, and Truck Robinson. I knew this guy knew what he was talking about. He was a unique person. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and so things, things were different back then, you know. I mean, sure, my, sure. My, my father or we would go to different places. We made, you know, we were, he worked really, really hard finding uh, those diamonds in the rough or finding those players uh, and getting those opportunities to those players. But also, we, that's how, why we were, um, that's what our job was. I mean, it, we didn't have the technology back then as well. If sure, you wanted sure. a player you know, known, who would you call? You would call us. And we do all our due diligence to make, um, you know, to do our work, to evaluate, et cetera. Uh, we worked hard at it. A lot of times those players weren't good enough. 
Um, you know, Jerry West used to say, you know, the best one of the best <laughs> things that we did was, is, you know, we not only telling uh, the NBA teams who were good players, but also telling NBA teams who were not good enough as well. Yeah, uh, I want to add to that point, Tim, if I could. Sure. Uh, what is the new profile of players? Because in this changing game, the new style of play, it seems it's almost degrading for bigs, but then it surely enhances the smaller player. What is the new NBA profile of players? What are these teams generally looking for based upon the way the game is played now? Well, in the late 80s and early 90s, I'd go out, you know, I'd be, I'd be with all the, the great scouts that would tutor me and, and um, mentor me. And if we saw, um, I remember my dad would see a seven-footer, and if he wasn't working at practice and if he wasn't working on his inside game and he's out there shooting, you know, threes and stuff like that, he'd get up and leave and go, oh, that's enough for this guy. But as things changed and developed, um, my pops and I, we came up with a thing back in the 90s is that there's not five prototypical positions. You know, your mm. point guard, pass first, small guard, you know, small fourth. You have nine to 19 different positions that a team will format a, a team. You might have a, a big uh, rim protector rebounder. You might have a power forward now that is, can, can be almost a three and D. You might have a, a, a small four that also can run the point. So you put these things together uh, and try to form the most um, almost militaristic way to, to be uh, strong both offensively and defensively when you put your first and second units out there. And, yes, the, the three-point shooting is definitely the biggest weapon here, especially when we go to analytics. And we're finding now that guys, uh, you know, you have to shoot, but there's so many good shooters out there. You know, before you may have, you know, two or three on a team that were snipers. Um, but now you need a little bit more. You got to spread the defense. You got to open up. There's different strategies, not only just for one team for the entire game. No, it's during different segments of the game. Uh, and I think that's what makes NBA, you know, and the game exciting, you know, where you might see an offensive minded team, you're still finding people sharing the ball. That's how, you know, sharing the ball, you know, you got to play defense to win. And that is, is, is also exciting. You know, watching the finals here uh, this past two weeks, I loved it. You know, I just love what I'm very happy for Milwaukee. I'm happy for the Suns as well. Uh, to see the Atlanta Hawks do what they did, um, yep. you know, a lot of crazy stuff. And it's, it's, great. it's great for the game of basketball and for the NBA. Ryan Blake, our guest, NBA draft consultant. We'll sneak in a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll delve further into Thursday night and what might unfold at the Barclays Center. We'll hear more from Ryan Blake after this on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. Boy, we're thrilled to have Ryan Blake, NBA Draft Consultant, joining us on this week's program. Of course, the NBA Draft Thursday night at the Barclays Center. Cavs sitting at that number three spot. And Ryan, let's delve into what you think may unfold 
on Thursday night. We talked at the outset about the four players that appear to be at the top of everybody's board, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley. And you mentioned earlier, Ryan, that all four of those could be franchise, all-star type players, and yet Cunningham seems to be that consensus number one. Do you see a, a divide there between Cade and the other three? I do just in a, in a bit. You know, like his ceiling may not be entirely huge, but when you have a 6'8", 225-pound point guard who can play three positions, I mean, he was your prohibitive favorite to go number one a year ago, and he clearly made the case this year. Um, he just has the ability to score, play defense, uh, make other players better, and at his side, uh, you know, as at his side. Um, you just don't have someone that comes around that often, right? You know, like last year we had, or three years ago, sorry, we had Luka Doncic, and they get picked by Atlanta. And so, you know, my dad used to be the GM, so I'm going, okay, that's great for Atlanta. And then they yeah. trade for for Young, and I go, is that a good move? Well, it's not wrong. <laughs> They're both great players, right? Right. And right. it's kind of beauty in the eyes of the beholder. That's the old cliche. But with Cade, you know, you just got a sure thing. You know got, you got someone that's going to come in and make a difference. Uh, you know, with the other three, you have uh, Evan Mobley. Uh, he's a seven-foot power forward who can um, spread the defense. Now, you got to with, – with Mobley, you got a guy that was the first player since Anthony Davis to win conference freshman and defensive player of the year. Now, we don't necessarily have to – compare those two, but Mobley's a defender, right? He's going to make yep. minutes right away. He can yep. spread the floor. Um, he's got a high IQ. Um, you know, and there's things that you might nitpick about his game, but he's such at a high level of maturity and the ability to want to win. Um, that's just a guy that you just want to go, okay, I can grab him. You know, I'll take him. And, and you look down the line, you got Jalen Suggs, who's a six-four point guard, played from Gonzaga. You know they had the great run through um, the the Final Four. Um, you know he was a freshman, but here's a guy that was is such a great athlete and such a good leader. A guy that's really good on the pick and roll. Okay, that's NBA. He wants to win on both ends of the floor, so it's not just him making the shot or making the other players better. He's there to defend because he has got that competitive drive along with shooting uh, and, and athleticism. We've got to keep going, though, because we got Jalen Green, Go ahead, too, Go ahead. Who, Go ahead. Was, um, who is a guy who's one of the freakiest athletes uh, that's coming into our draft. He played mm -hmm. in our G League this year instead of going to college. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got athleticism. He's, he's just got a smooth and polished, uh, versatile game. Uh, with his handle. He can play a number of positions. Uh, his upside is unbelievable. Uh, and going through the league, playing in the league that was in an NBA system with NBA coaches and trainers gave him a little bit of an edge, too. Uh, and the G League is the most scouted professional league in the world. So he was obviously highlighted there. So with those picks coming down the line, you know, you, you really can't go wrong. It's going to be sort of who... I think when you get into the green room, they've got to decide, okay, what's good for our team, um, best player available, and they take a circle graph, right, and you're shading in all these different spots, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then when it comes out, they're going to go, okay, this has got to be the guy that we want at three. If, you know, so-and-so doesn't get picked before us, if we're talking about Cleveland. Boy, great stuff. Jim? Ryan, I'm intrigued about two players. And I could see these players uh, being in some type of mega deal or mega trade. I'm intrigued at Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga. Talk about them just for a minute, would you please? Well, Kaminga is another one of those players that has uh, an unbelievable amount of athleticism. Um, And it's not just, hey, I can jump high and I can run really fast. It's it's with ball skills. And um, and he played for G League. He's 6'8". He's about 205 pounds, though. Um, He's going to get... He's going to get better. Now, he sort of shut things down at the end, so there's a, there's a body of work there that, you know, needs to be seen. So with the workouts that he's had over, you know, since, you know, the individual workouts with the teams, th- those workouts have, you know, have helped him. Okay. And I think you mentioned, was it Scotty Barnes? Yes. Yeah, so Scotty played at uh, Florida State. He's a small forward, power forward. Another big-time prospect with athleticism, a guy that has so many good skills and defense. And I, and, I, and I talk about defense because it's so important in order to develop, to get those minutes and have that game toughness, right, the game experience. That's mm-hmm. important to, in terms of your development, learning the system, and, um, and just having that confidence. For him, he'll be able to step in right away and get those minutes. We do think that, you know, with someone that has that huge wingspan and he can defend positions one through four, uh, he could be like a Draymond Green type. Um, oh, okay. He's going to have to improve his outside shooting. But, again, a guy that keeps climbing the ladder in terms of um, uh, interest with the NBA team. Ryan, whose stock is really rising? Who's opened up some eyes? Well, we'll never, we'll never know who's rising until Thursday, right? Uh, but Keon Johnson uh, came in to our uh, pre-draft combine a couple weeks ago and broke the records for um, vertical and some other things. So that's obviously going to open up some eyes, right? Uh, you got a six-five guard who's a freshman out of Tennessee, kind of in a similar to where Barnes is. is he's going to make an impact on both ends of the floor, but needs to um, improve his outside shooting. Uh, there's a number of guys. Uh, down the line, or well, we'll talk about like kind of like a sleeper, is a Joe Wisecamp, who played at Iowa. He's a six-six guard, wow. uh, one of the best shooters in the in the NBA. I mean, sorry, in college basketball, uh, came in and tested off the charts. Competed mm-hmm. uh, in our G League elite camp and got pushed up to our combine because of it. Can absolutely shoot the ball, and furthermore. He defends and makes uh, other players better. But another guy that uh, I really like as well is Davion Mitchell from Baylor. All right, He's a little bit older. He led the team to a national championship. I'm actually wearing a Baylor basketball shirt right now for whatever reasons. Coach gave it to me. That's what I'm going to work. I'm just working out today, so that's one of my last T-shirts. But this guy is such a competitor. He's such a good shooter. He runs the pick and roll uh, better. His, his offensive efficiency is so good, uh, and he's just uh, he's a pest. You know, there's other names that we can call him, and, and you hear coaches just say, hey, he's a pest. Yeah, 
those are the the, the um, good words you want to have out of a player like that. And I think that when you hear or start reading, oh, well, Mitchell may be going a little bit too high. Uh, not all NBA teams are, are really interested in him. And I think mm-hmm. that's other people talking, you know, um, I think other NBA teams that might be posturing because they want uh, Mitchell on their team, or at least available for that, for, for their pick. All righty, Ryan. Got about 30 seconds left, so real quick. Cavaliers show, Cavs stand pat at three and make the pick, move up, move down. And if they stay at three, who do they pick? Well, we just go back to one of those three, right? And you can't, you know, you can't go wrong with, with any of them. I think if Houston takes uh, Mobley, they're going to take Jalen Green right away. And, uh, if, and if that's the case, you're going to be okay with that. Trade-wise, I, I don't know if I'd want to trade this. But, you know, we've seen stranger things happen. Uh, we have always got an interesting storyline at the end of the draft on Thursday. There you go. This has been fascinating and great conversation. Ryan, we really appreciate you stopping by. And, of course, uh, Thursday, as we said, it's like Christmas for everybody. So uh, let's hope we're all happy with the packages that we open. How's that? Yeah, let's get get ready for it. There we go. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Ryan Blake, NBA Draft Consultant, joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, coming right back after this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Marty Allen coming out of the break with keep on trucking. Well, Jim Jones, we got a truck on out of here. Boy, that was a jam-packed hour. A huge thanks to Ted Davis, radio play-by-play voice of the Bucks. I know that Bucks World Championship, Jim, is special to you. You've got some Wisconsin roots and Bucks connections. And again, Ryan Blake. Boy, he had some great information about the upcoming NBA draft. Yeah, he reminds me so much of his father. I mean, the uh just the level of confidence and the information he gave us uh, was so unique, a lot different than what we've heard from other uh, people. But the one thing I love about him is the research that they do. They are so thorough. They are part of the NBA. They've been part of the NBA for a long time. He's just picking up the mantle from his father. And as he mentioned and alluded to, Tim, he worked alongside of his father, so he knows this business. Boy, absolutely. It was great info. From one Ryan Blake. So that's going to do it. Of course, thanks to the other side of the window. Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, Leo Simone, and of course, Jim Jones, a great big thank you to you. Until we talk again, Tim Elkhorn saying so long, everybody.